construction. Refers, refers to a building, building structure, or project that is unfinished, but actively being worked on. Contrary to how it may look right now, in spite of what it may appear like to you, regardless of the smile I put on, the delightful, compassionate, and loving dispositions I betray, behind all of that, I don't always have life figured out. I don't always have it together. I am a work in progress. I am under construction.
Welcome to The Complex. I am your host, Angelique, and you are listening to the Under Construction Podcast. I'd like to first thank everyone for tuning into phase one of the podcast. As you may or may not know, construction is done in phases, so therefore, I will never refer to our segments as sessions or episodes, but as phases. You know, just to give you a little insight before we get started, I'd like to share with you why I started a podcast. Um, I have been beginning to ask God about my purpose more so when he told me to go to grad school. Now, it took me forever to get out of undergrad. So when your girl was told that she was going to grad school, please know. I was all up on asking God why he had me here because... You cannot finesse grad school, excuse me. You absolutely cannot finesse grad school. It is a struggle. It is a struggle, and I will say it again, it is a struggle, but it is definitely worth it. Um, Those of you who desire to further your education beyond a bachelor's degree, um, as long as you know what you're going going to go to school for, um, and you're willing to be disciplined and take that next step forward to be stretched, I definitely encourage anyone to, you know, further their education. But during that time, it was hard for me when I began because it was something different and God just began to just stretch me. So that level of education required more of me, required me to step out more and to do more. And even during that time, as I was beginning to be exposed to different things and doing different projects and interacting with different people, I was growing ultimately. I wasn't just growing academically, but I was growing as a person because I began to tap into a part of me that I didn't know existed. And so, you know, I'm getting, I'm doing internships. um, During that time, I actually was um, write for an online magazine. It's called Bibs and Business Magazine. If you're not familiar, definitely go check it out. The editor is Dr. Arian Moore. She is also a region alum. Shout out to Bibs and Business Magazine and Arian as well. She gave me an awesome opportunity doing, being able to just volunteer and write for her. Also, um, doing my internship with her as a marketing coordinator. Um, I ran her social media page and, you know, I learned a lot from her. I learned a lot about graphics. I learned a lot about content. I learned a lot about research. I learned a lot about myself. Um, just working with someone who has the level of experience that she did, I definitely got an opportunity to just kind of pull from her and learn from her. So I am ultimately grateful for her and for the opportunity because she allowed me to just she allowed me to just take over and have and run it as my own as well as just oversee and and give me guidance and give me instruction and even within that you know it was fun I enjoyed it I'm just creating different things and with that I began to just look at God like, okay, so do you want me to continue to write with her? Are we going to, you know, she, she is, you know, a God-fearing woman. She is a work-at-home mom. This is the magazine. This is what I'm exposed to. These are the different things that I'm learning. Is this where you would have me to do? Um, is this where you would have me to be? And as I began to question him, I felt as though he was being quiet. He wasn't responding to me. Um, But that wasn't really the case. I can definitely say about a month ago, um, I was getting my daughter dressed for daycare and I was getting myself together and 
he spoke to me, God spoke to me and he said, I took you through a graduate program. I give you all of this experience. You know that you've been stretched. You've spoken with people about your experience as a grad student and you think that I would have you to utilize the gifts that I've put in you to just sit. This is what I'm going to tell you to do. And God told me that I was going to create a podcast. He gave me the blueprint and I just have to do the work. So right now I'm doing the work and here we are, you know, here we have under construction. I feel that it's important to provide a platform that reaches people where they are more so indecisive about life or disappointed in where you are in your life. My goal is not for us to relish on our shortcomings, but ultimately I want us to overcome our circumstances. Um, The only way we can truly get through something is to actually go through the process. I want to take this opportunity as you listen to be authentic as well as to be transparent. Um, I feel like the podcast will give me an opportunity to share my growth thus far in life, talk about God, my relationship with God, but also the times in my life where I wasn't chasing after God, when I was completely lost, broke, and run down. I want to be able to meet every listener where they are. Because even though I have personally overcome some of those stages in my life, there are some listeners that will tune into the podcast that are in those very stages. And ultimately, being transparent and being authentic is what gives individuals hope. Because we may have overcome it. We have may have learned that lesson, but there's someone that is in that season in their life. And you can ultimately show them that there is a light at the end of the tunnel that they too can overcome. So I chose the name under construction because construction, whether it's figurative or literal, disturbs the peace of our routines, but it signals something more. It means development. It means progress. It means something new is about to happen. I feel like when we're under construction, we're going through a transformation of sorts. Our ultimate goal in life should be to grow. It should be to change. It should be to evolve. So during our time together, my goal will be for us to all challenge the status quo. But in order for us to challenge the status quo, we first must disrupt it. Disruption not only requires us to work smart, but it also requires us to work harder. So in this case, working smarter and working harder is our goal in order for us to be better versions of ourselves. So the song you were just listening to is titled Sometimes. The song is by Bilal. He's a neo-soul musician. And this song debuted on his album. His first album is called First Born Second. It was released on July 17th in 2001. So the reason why I decided to choose this song is because it makes you think He is a conscious lyricist. If you're not familiar with Bilal, please get into him. He is definitely a vibe. So what you probably noticed within the two minutes that I played this song is that the track began with a smooth instrumental, but then you see that it abruptly shifts gears as um, the artist began to address his personal demons and contradictions. 
So within the song, Bilal kind of walks you through his quest for life affirming answers, distractions and complaints that he has regarding his one-sided nature of his relationship. Then he begins to see his dysfunctional relationship as a hindrance to his spiritual goals. Excuse me. So on top of the song, just definitely being a vibe. The song, I love the song so much because it personally speaks to me on so many levels. First of all, his constant use of sometimes, saying sometimes. So when when someone says sometimes, personally, it makes me feel about, you know, things that have occurred in my own life. The should'ves, the could'ves, the would'ves. If I knew better, I'd do betters. Wouldn't y'all agree? So... I kind of chose this song or I wanted to choose this song because I feel like it spearheads our topic of discussion. So we're going to be talking about transparency is the key to transformation. Even though this is just a song, I'm sure that Bilal experienced what it was that he was saying firsthand. Um, As many of us have. We haven't only dealt with the emotional roller coasters and relationships with other people, but you know, we definitely deal with ourselves. The structure of this song walked us through the phases of which we tend to think about a situation that we're in. Whether a circumstance or a relationship, just sometimes we wish we had done something different. This song is an example of vulnerability and transparency at its finest. The reason at the end of the song that Bilal was able to come to the realization that the relationship that he was in was toxic and a distraction is because he began to face himself. You know, as I made reference earlier on in the conversation, he was facing his own demons and contradictions. In order for us to have something different, we need to do something different. Different equates to change, but change cannot occur without first admitting that something must be different. Um, I believe that if we want change and we want to live our best, best lives, if we want to win, we want to secure bags, we want to glow up, etc. whatever it is that you want to do. The question is, why don't we, I personally believe that a lot of us are just stuck because we are not first transparent with ourselves. When you think about transparency, you have to understand that transparency is intentionally bearing your soul to the world by showing your true self to others. Most people hide their essence in fear of rejection, um, lack of self-confidence, brokenheartedness, a lack of fulfillment in life. There are so many reasons a person will hold back who they are. When a person hides behind this veil, they are robbing themselves of a happy and contented life. By being transparent, how can a person bring about a better life? That's a rhetorical question because it's just me on the podcast, but I want to break up even though I'm kind of giving you a rundown. I do have my notes here. I am following my notes, but I'm just flowing as well because I want us to think about what it is that we're doing and how it is that we're living our lives. So you have to think by being transparent, how can a person bring about a better life? Why is being transparent so important? Through transparency, we allow ourselves to feel emotions without trying to understand or fix them. This is a way to give ourselves permission to feel 
and experience our feelings rather than reflect on them. The creation from this process is a power that comes from within. It is a peace and freedom of oneself. So I know that that was a lot. I know everybody's like, okay, so where is she going with this? But I want you to understand that transparency is important and why it is important. It's because when you live a life in the times in which we are living, social media, Facebook, Instagram, there's so many painted pictures of images and facades of lives that are only highlighted because that's what it is that individuals want to see. And so we begin as individuals just looking at those things, tuning into those things, spending our time with those things, and we lose sight of our true selves because we only want people to see what we want them to see. And so I would say that you can lie to your you can lie to other people. I don't think lying is good, so don't tell don't think that I'm trying to tell you to lie to other people. Absolutely not. But when you begin when you lie consistently, then you begin to believe the lie. You believe you begin to believe the hype. And so when you begin to lie to yourself, there's no authenticity there. There's no transparency there. There's you're not being real with yourself because you have indeed lost yourself. And so it's important for us to be able to be at peace with who we are and try to understand and fix the problem. So when you're transparent, that means that you're looking yourself in the mirror and you're saying, hey, so something's not good. When you don't like where you are in your life, if you don't like what's going on, number one, I suggest that you say something different because we have what we speak. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So that's some scripture for y'all. But it's true. Why is it true? Think about how the world was created. The world was created off of command. When God said, let there be light. When God said that the water would only go a certain place before it goes back. Think about those things. That's why what we say is so powerful because we have, we will ultimately have what it is that we say. And so you first want to be mindful of what it is that you say out of your mouth, about yourself, about your situation. You know, what are you giving life to? Where are you putting all of your time in, ultimately? Second, being transparent gives you an opportunity to fix or find out where you went wrong. You'll continue to go through the same thing over and over like a continuous cycle until you get it. You have to get it. I'll give you, you know, an example. Um, So I know at one point in time, like, okay, I'll use my relationship. Um, When me and my husband were dating, he, you know, as a girls, as women, when we have an issue, we have a concern and we pull our our booze to the side or our husbands to the side and we say that we want to talk. We tell them what's on our heart. Now, I don't know if all the dudes, all the fellas out here are doing this, but a lot of the times you may or may not get a response instantly. And so as a woman, we're more emotional. And nine times out of 10, we are really pouring our heart out to our men. We're pouring our heart out and it's just kind of like, then you have to try to probe them to say, okay, so you don't have anything to say. Now, I know I'm not the only one. But you don't have anything to say. I just poured my heart out to you. Sometimes we're crying, girls. Girls, come on. Y'all know sometimes we're crying because we're so emotional. And he's not really 
giving anything to us. And then we begin to yell. You may have already started out yelling. And I know for me, my tone and how I delivered my concerns or my issues with my husband, my then boyfriend, um, at while we were dating, were falling on deaf ears because of how I was talking to him or talking at him. And so I continuously did that over and over and over again. I remember talking to my mom one day and I'm like, Ma, you know, I'm talking to him and he don't never have anything to say when I, you know, talk about my concerns. And then, you know, he'll get really, really quiet. And eventually he will just slide up and he want to cuddle. And he always does that. And I'll be one to cuddle. Like I'm having this conversation with my mom. Like, no, I need you to talk. And I need you to talk now. And my mom said to me, well, number one, if you say that that's what he always does, how about you try to receive that? And during that time, I was stubborn. Like, no, I need you to talk. But my mom kept it real with me. If you notice that that's what it is that he always does when you guys have issues or, you know, you have a little argument or a disagreement with one another and he never really says anything, but y'all can be laying down, sitting on the couch, watching TV. He may put his arm around you. He may want to embrace you with some type of physical affection as far as a hug or forehead kiss. If he always doing that, then you might want to pay attention to that. And I asked her why. I want him to talk because that might be his leeway for him to have a discussion. And if he feels like you're mad or he feels like you're upset and you push him away, then he's not going to be open to speak. And even though I'm trying to figure out what side my mom's on, I thank God for my parents because they've always been non-biased and they've always given me a different perspective to look at things in life. Um... I took her advice and I began to speak to him different and um, I began to receive that affectionate piece and eventually he he did talk. He did tell me, you know, whether it was that he apologized for making me feel some type of way or he was giving me an explanation to why he did something. I had to first do something in order to see the change that I wanted to see. And that's just an example, you know, because you have to be able to reflect on yourself. You have to be able to take heed, you know, because sometimes we need a little push. So I'm not going to say everyone will be able to just say, hey, you have to get to that point. It is a process where, you know, you're just automatically accountable. That doesn't mean that it's easy, but it means that you're more aware. Your behavior begins to change as you begin to grow, as you begin to experience things. But if you're stubborn and you're really egotistical and you just don't want to see, it's just always the other person, then you will be stuck. So it was important for us to know, know thyself, know yourself, know who you are, but don't expect for other people to know who you are. And you really do not know who you are. Now, um, in this part of the podcast, I'd like to discuss a few situations that have been surfacing in the media. Um, I feel like they correlate to why many people are afraid to be authentic and why they um, aren't really transparent. Um, 
And of course, I want to discuss the uproar with Aisha Curry and some backlash my girl Megan Good has recently been getting pertaining to why she doesn't attend church regularly. So let's start with Aisha Curry. When I say the people have been dragging her, they've been dragging her, okay? So I'm going to assume that everyone is privy to the Aisha Curry interview on the Red Table. But if there are some listeners that aren't, I'm going to do a quick overview. So, Aisha appeared on an episode of Jada Pinkett Smith's Facebook Watch Show. Um, she also was there with the Curry family. Um, I believe it was Steph Curry's mom, um, his sister, and his brother's fiance. So, um, during the episode, Aisha Curry spoke about how she sometimes feels insecure about the amount of attention she receives um, she receives from other men compared to her superstar NBA husband, Steph Curry. And I quote, Something that really bothers me and has honestly given me a little bit of insecurity is the fact that, yeah, there are all these women throwing themselves at Steph, but me... Like the past 10 years, I don't have any of that. Like, I have zero. This sounds weird, but like male attention. And so then I begin to internalize it. Like, is something wrong with me? I don't want it. But like, it'd be nice to know that someone's looking. So, okay. I watched the interview and what I can't stand about people is that they pull what they want from people and they absolutely run with it. After making the statement that she did pertaining to the topic, she also stated that she doesn't want the attention. Like she's not fishing for the attention. She's just making an observation. So, okay, so I've had a few conversations with a few individuals and everyone has their own opinions. That's absolutely cool. What isn't cool is that people have been scrutinizing this woman about her own insecurities. Like, houseway, like, seriously. How can you scrutinize her for her own insecurities? She's insecure about something. It doesn't matter that she's married. It doesn't matter that there was an Aisha curry movement everybody gets you an Aisha it doesn't matter if you're dealing with something and you're insecure with something you should be able you can you can feel that way that doesn't mean that I mean you have to deal with that you have to deal or handle that insecurity you know I feel like when you're in a marriage relationship that the only person that can make you secure is the person that you're with but Who's to say that it's not just the fact that he's an NBA superstar? I mean, a lot of people that have the opinions are those who are, you know, not in Hollywood. We have all these opinions on the shade room and on Instagram and reposting it and putting in these stories. And I am all for everybody, a friendly debate. I am all for, you know, a backing in the forething of a conversation. However, what I don't really like is that people try to pour their opinions on you and then make you try to make you feel bad because you are not conforming to their perspective. 
Like, that is absolutely absurd to me. You can have your own opinion about something. You can value your marriage at a different level. You may not care if another man doesn't look at you. I don't feel like she was saying that she didn't care. I feel like she was learning what many women figured out a long time ago. Whether you're Mother Teresa, Amber Rose, I don't care. You can get dragged for an entire news cycle or two. That girl was sent with her family. She was inspired by Jada Pinkett. She did what black women have been doing for years. When we get around the kitchen table, she used a safe space to share a self-admitted insecurity. One only heightened by the public nature of her life. You know, I feel like for a moment she forgot that while those, you know, while those at the table could empathize with the toxicity of, you know, the snapback culture, unrealistic body ideals, uh, trophy wife, the thirsty media. Ultimately, you know, you're dealing with all these different things. So you're up against social media. You're up against what is being put out there when you're at that caliber of person. So, you know, I feel like the critics are a wealthy woman who previously complained about cat calls, now complaining that she no longer has cat calls. I saw a woman envisioning her stock going down and questioning her value. They saw a woman who has it all, a beautiful family, light eyes, an awesome career, including her own line of pots and pans, wanting about attention she doesn't need anyway. I personally just saw a mother examining herself in the mirror wondering what we all wonder. Do we still have it? And really, I could say that other if you really took the time out to think, you may see yourself. For this situation in a world that sees nuance and nuisance, women are not allowed to both despise the man on the street that compliments us and also feel invisible in the shadow of a man who was showered with adoration, praise, and the attention of, a count, of countless women. You know, maybe the shade rooms are subconsciously realizing what they always suspected. Even a handsome, wealthy, and successful man isn't the silver bullet to happiness for women. Not even the alleged gold-digging NBA wives. I feel like when we see situations like that or we read or we listen to interviews such as the one with Aisha Curry, we, we, we tend to forget that she's a person too. We don't always have it all together. We, we all, you know, I personally, I just had a baby four months ago. I'm four months postpartum. I personally don't like the way that my body looks. Of course, you know, some, some of my friends may say, you know, well, girl, you just had a baby four months ago. It's going to take some time, but that doesn't change the fact. I mean, girl, I don't like my body. Yes. There are some things that I can do to change that's eating, that's exercising, you know, but there's also different things that come with it. You know, if you're busy, me, ultimately, I just got back to work. I'm going back to work. It's not an excuse. There are things that I can do different. You can't get to the gym. You work out. That's me. You know, I feel like I got a little bit of the lazy spirit on me. That's me. That's my situation. I can change. I'm well aware. I, I, you know, I'm not going through postpartum depression. I'm not depressed. 
But there are some women out there that are battling those things or those circumstances. And you cannot begin to understand if you have not been in that situation. I feel like there's a lack of empathy and there's a lack of compassion. And so we begin to just be judgmental and we begin to tear individuals down, such as Aisha Curry. Um, But we don't just do it at the caliber in which you are a celebrity. We do that to each other. Those of us who are not in the celebrity world or those of us who are not in Hollywood, we do that to each other because there is this fake facade. There is this this facade that puts up that you have to be this one way. Society says that you have to be this way. You have to look this way. You can't say this. You can't do that. And it's like, but I'm a person, but I am a woman. I'm more than a wife. I'm more than a mother. I'm more than a teacher. I'm more than a student. I'm more than an employee. I am a woman. I am a person first. Before all of those titles, I am just me. I am just a woman. And I just feel like, especially our women, you can have your own opinion, but it's just kind of like it's more judgmental. It's more scrutiny than it is of uplifting than it is of encouraging you know our 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 sisters or one another and I just feel like you know all up and down baller alert shade room it was just nothing but hate and you know well you're this person and you're that person and your husband is this just like I said before you know she complained about cat calls now she's not getting any cat calls so being a mother of three and you know your body changing and you're seeing this with your husband and you know you're 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 dealing with all types of things and at her level I can only imagine but we deal with those things when we just have regular husbands who work a nine to five or even if our husbands are making six figures our bodies are changing our circumstances are changing we're getting older there's younger women there's social media and it's like at the end of the day you have to first, you have to be secure on yourself but that doesn't mean that insecurities don't ever surface and so I feel like we need to take the opportunity to be real we need to take the opportunity to listen we need to take the opportunity to look beyond an individual circumstances or their situation because our circumstances do not identify who we are. They just identify what we're doing or what our current move is, where we currently are dwelling. And I just feel like, you know, that I, I, I wanted to shed light on it and just talk about it from my from just my personal perspective, I mean, you have the opportunity, you have the right to, to have your own opinion and look at it from a different perspective. However, I just want to, when it comes to opinions, I feel like we need to value the fact that everybody's not going to think like us. Everybody's not going to have the same viewpoint when it comes to life or circumstances or situations as we are. I feel like we should respect the fact that other people have different opinions. I feel like when you have a con- a conversation with someone, only two things are going to happen when you have different point of views on the se- on the situation. The first thing is going to happen is that you're going to open up and you're going to say, "Hey, I never looked at it that way." That doesn't mean that the person is obligated to change their mind or their point of view. It just gives them a different lens to look through. So, when you walk away from the conversation, you're either going to change your mind or you're just going to be enlightened and you're going to keep it pushing. But we should be able to leave it there and we shouldn't downplay someone because their opinion or their insecurity doesn't fit the box that we currently are 
are subscribed to. You know, ultimately, we have to understand that everybody is their own person and everybody goes through something. And instead of spending so much time tearing individuals down, we should spend more time lifting individuals up. And everybody's not going to do that. I'm not naive. I just feel like, you know, like I said, that's how we disrupt the status quo. We do something different. We don't do the obvious. You know, an obvious, we already know when you post something like that up on the shade room, people going to... Sp- I mean, it's in the name, Shade Room. I mean, come on. You want to be shady, correct? Oh, okay. So, moving right along, I want to discuss Megan Good. So, I watched this interview. I already knew people were going to say something. I watched it on YouTube. The first thing I did was scroll right on down to the comments, and they were crazy. So, those of you who are not aware of this, Megan Good had an interview on the D.L. Hughley's radio show. Um, D.L. Hughley made, you know, he asked her a lot of questions. Of course, she's promoting her movie, Intruder, with uh, Michael Ely. I haven't personally seen it. Um, It looks like it's good. I definitely want to check it out. However, there were two major questions that D.L. Hughley asked her. He asked her about her husband and how he feels about her doing sex scenes. And he also asked her, does she attend church with her husband? So, we're going to first start start with the fact of what she said about the sex scenes or her husband's response. Her husband is Devon Franklin, for those of you who don't know. Anywho, she says, and I quote, you know what's interesting about him? I'll call him and be like, okay, honey, I'm about to do this sex scene. And he'll just be like, okay, well, just make it look real. Because you really want the audience to root for you. You want them to care about the relationship, she said. That's what's going to drive the movie through. So he's like, just get into it. Listen, I was weak when I saw D.L. Hughley's face because they panned the camera to his face and his mouth was wide open. I think as soon as he said, make it look real, he just couldn't believe that her husband said that. And... For me, well, before I even do my overview about that, let's go to the next question that she was asked. She was also asked, does she go to church with her husband? And she said, she said she does go, but not all the time. Because if she's, if I'm completely honest, my experience with some church folks had not been that positive. It's unfortunate because we're supposed to be the biggest lovers. And it's like... Even if you disagree with someone or you don't think what they're doing is right, you're supposed to mind your own business and pray for that person. Other times, you're supposed to correct and love if that's what God told you to do. And there was no correction in love. It was like a complete assault. Now, what's crazy is that I felt her when she said that. And I say I felt her when she said that because we talk about my pastor over at the house church in Virginia Beach off of Indian River Road, Pastor Dr. Johnny L. McGee Jr. We talk about this all the time. You know, the people are the church. The building is the building, but the people are the church. And so a lot of individuals, it's that whole battle of uh, religion over relationship. You know, you can be religious, you can be holier than thou, but if you can also be carnal, there, there also won't be any love that dwells within your heart because you're caught up under the law. And so, therefore, a lot of Christians become really, we can become really judgmental. 
So, you know, my opinion and my perspective about the, the, the situation, honestly, I feel like, you know, it had been brought to my attention this way. Saved people can rob people, both saved and unsaved people from having a better Christian experience. When we, when we're judgmental and when we, as Megan said, she feels like it's a complete assault, we delay people from coming to church and we really are responsible for shaping the perspective that individuals have about church. You know, if it's like, okay, to be saved, if I'm going to be saved and that's who I'm going to be, I'm good. You know, we have to take some accountability of, you know, who we are, because if we're supposed to represent Christ, if this is who we are, if we're born again believers and we're supposed to be representation of the church, we are the church. We are, you know, spreading the gospel, but we're, we're scrutinizing, we're, we're casting stones, we're judgmental. It's just kind of like we shape a bad image. We put a bad taste in individuals' mouths. My pastor says all the time, um, you know, your level of maturity, your level of love and your relationship within God shows when, you know, you're in the church and some lady then came in the church and she has on a mini dress, a mini skirt, some mini shorts. A dude may come in the church and he may be smelling like weed. People come in looking all types of crazy and I'm not talking crazy like you feel like they're going, you know, do something bad. We've had some violent issues coming to church, but I mean as far as the way that they look. Because really, to be honest, can anybody answer the question about what, a, what, what does a Christian look like? What does a real believer look like? Like really, like what do we look like? What are we supposed to look like? And it's like, you know, we cast stones and then we hold people at standards that we don't even put on ourselves. We don't upkeep the standards that we hold for other people. You know, also on the flip side, I don't know if she has, but because, you know, Megan Good has confessed her relationship with God, even though she's an actress, personally, I say that, you know, I don't know if she is, but if I were her, I would... I haven't seen the movie. It says it's a sex scene, you know, but I would think that she she is taking her time and looking at her scripts more diligently. But before she takes a job, not only is she taking talking it over with her husband, but she's also talking it over with God because she she has to answer to him. She wants to make sure that she's in line and she's true to God. God has her heart. God is giving her wisdom. God is directing her, you know, and ordering her steps. And so because what she's doing does not mirror what we're doing doesn't mean that God is speaking to her more or less than he's speaking to us. Um, like I said, I have not seen Intruders yet, but I am not speaking particularly of her role in this movie. But I do believe that I also believe that it's important to be mindful of what we do because we are a representation of Christ. We represent who or who we represent as Christians. However, you know, like she stated, there hasn't been any correction in love. I remember um, when they were, her and Devon were, I want to say it was on Sarah Jake Roberts' um, husband's at their church doing an interview and there was a lady that was in the audience and she said that she had a question, but she had begun to 
say, you know, how she originally looked at Megan and because of what she's doing now and her relationship that she's shown with God, you know, she has a better understanding of her and she's proud of her. She's happy for her. But then she ended the conversation and, uh, you know, so when I look at your magazine, you don't really have no clothes on. So you're going to be wearing more clothes, right? And Devon shut that right on down, you know, and it's just kind of like, he made the statement that, you know, I'm from Compton. I haven't always been saved, but he honors his wife. And he's not going to let anyone talk to her any old kind of way. Talk to her any crazy, any kind of crazy. Or make her feel uncomfortable. Because she did make the statement that the thing that she loved about him is that he never tries to change her. And so who he is and who how he stands for God will influence her and who she is. So, you know, we as Christians can be so judgmental that we forget that God loves us in spite of and not because of. So, although we are standing on his grace, that does not mean that we take it for granted. Meaning that we just step on it because we know we're stepping on his grace. So, he knows that he made us imperfect and he knows that we're not going to be perfect. So, we're just going to take it for granted. No, we're not going to do that. That's not something that we need to do. You know, because if it was not for his grace and mercy, we wouldn't even be here. We should, I definitely encourage us to spend less time directing people away from God and use compassion and love to lead others towards God. You know, I would say that I use both of those situations because those are examples in which those women were being true to themselves. They were being vulnerable. They were being transparent and they were judged they were drugged through the mud people you know talked down to them and their situation and I feel like just even though they're they're on a different level so it's like as individuals as people um we're already going to be judged people are always going to have something to say regardless but because they are in the limelight where people can see what they're doing all the time what they're doing all the time I mean in this level um in this generation that we are in so many we're able to reach celebrities at a level in which we weren't able to meet reach them seven years ago because social media is just at its highest peak and I'm pretty sure it's going to continue to increase however you know the same thing that they experience is the same the same reason why I feel like a lot of us shy away from being transparent and being authentic and being our true self because the moment that we expose who we really are then you have the fear of being judged there's that fear of being judged there's that fear of being scrutinized there's that fear of not being accepted because of who you really are and 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 the truth of the matter is if that individuals don't accept you for who you truly are but they're okay with who you aren't they're okay with the facades they're okay with the fakeness they're okay with you know uh the falsehood of what you're portraying yourself or who you're portraying yourself to be then they're not really for you you know so you you want to be true to who you are you want to be true to yourself you want to be transparent because ultimately like I stated earlier we give individuals hope because we may have overcome an issue But there's somebody out there, there's somebody that we're connected with that's in that season right now, and they need to know that that it it, it doesn't last forever. There are things that we need to do in order for us to come out on top. However, we help each other. We're, We're supposed to 
love. That does not mean that we like everybody. That doesn't mean that we like everything that somebody does, but we're supposed to always respond in love. That shows the true maturity of someone. So with that being said, this concludes the first phase of the Construction Podcast. Um, I think I did okay. I hope you guys flow with me. I hope I said something that resonated with you, something to give you to think about, something that you may be dealing with, you may be looking at from a different perspective. I just want everyone to just be secure with who they are, to not be afraid, to be transparent, to understand that everybody's not going to be for you. Everybody's not going to agree with you. And so that is an issue in which we have to understand that we have to stand flat footed and know that this is who we are. A facade should not overthrow who we naturally are. We are created with a purpose. We all have gifts. We have to utilize them in their true manner. And that is being true to yourself. You can't give truth. You can't speak truth unless you are true. It is my heart that week after week, this will become a safe place where we can share our wounds, our experiences, and our lessons. Before I close, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, like, comment, and share. And I just want to thank you again for tuning into my first podcast. Bear with me as I get the kinks out and as I learn. But know that I am committed to growing with you all. If you have not already done so, follow me on Instagram at under underscore construction underscore podcast for updates, the next phase, and daily encouragement posts. You all be blessed.